0: Oh, I loved it when my father would sing it. To God be the glory, to God be the glory, to God be the glory for the things he has done. With his power he has saved me and so forth. Oh, we would sing it and my father, he loved singing. My mother loves singing, my brothers. I have three brothers, one is in heaven, and I have four sisters. And so it's four girls, four boys, and and everybody loves singing. We are a singing family. And it's, it's, it's just such a joy, friends, when you can sing to thine be the kingdom and the power and the glory. You see, Jesus, when asked by His disciples, teach us to pray, He says, pray in this manner, our Father who art in heaven, now lo be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever, amen. You see, Jesus, He showed us that in our intimacy with God, God wants to share the riches of His glory with us. He wants us to be partakers of His heavenly glory. He wants us to manifest, to radiate, to embody the glory of His kingdom and the glory of His power and the glory of His name. Jesus prayed in John 17, verse 22. He says, Father, the glory you've given me, the glory of being one with you, I pray that they may also experience this glory that even as you are in me and I am in you, that they are made perfectly one with us so that the world may know that you sent me and love them as you love me. Father, the world doesn't know you. But these disciples whom you have given me out of the world, they know you for I've revealed you to them and I will keep on revealing you to them so that the same mighty love with which you love me may be in them and I in them. Jesus, it was the great purpose of his redeeming work to bring us into the conscious knowledge of the glory of God. Oh friends, when Moses was spending time in the presence of God, he became radiant with the glory of God. And that same glory is now commanded to shine in our hearts. Second four for success. And we are carrying this glory of this presence and power of God in this earthen vessel so that everybody may realize that there's something about us that isn't normal. I remember when Virginia and I in nineteen ninety eight were in the Great Almond Street Hospital where our daughter Gabriella passed away, and we were there with her in those eleven days that she was in the hospital and we were there and I'll never forget Virginia had gone to the to the ladies' room, and this lady in this Room with glass in this room next to us where her baby was. She knocked on the door and she said, Can I ask you something? I said, Absolutely, anything. She said, What is this about you and your wife? When I look at you both, I see something about you that I don't know how to explain. I don't even know how to put words to it. I said, It's the presence of the Lord. And she got tears in her eyes because it wasn't just me saying it, it was her feeling it. You see, we went through that valley of the shadow of death. But the Lord, as he says in Psalm 23, was with us, gloriously with us. Oh, when we look back at at it, it was such a marked time for us that we experienced the reality of the resurrection life of Christ that he says, fear not, I am alive. Behold, I was dead, but I'm alive forevermore. And I have the keys of death and Hades, the abode of the dead. I have the keys. I am in authority and control. Don't be afraid of death. Death will not have you. If you believe in me, even though you die, yet you shall live. John 11:25. 25. Don't be afraid. You see, and I understand we need to... Know this living in us by the power of the Holy Spirit. When Jesus was, oh, how can I say it, hit? It's a bit hard to use that term. When he became conscious of the power of death coming for him, right? Because the power of death has fear in it, the Bible says. He says here in John chapter 12, He says, my soul, verse 27, is troubled. And what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. Let me look that up in the the classic Amplified there. Verse 20, uh, John 12, 27, 12, 12, 27. Here it is. He says, my soul is troubled and distressed. And what shall I say? What shall I say? Save me from this hour, Father. But for this purpose, I've come to this hour. hour. Listen now. He says, Father, glorify your name. Then a voice came from heaven saying, I have both glorified it and will glorify it again. When Jesus was troubled, feeling the agonizing pains of death. The Bible talks about that he felt the pains of death in the book of Hebrews, it teaches us this. When he felt the pains of death, when he felt that horrific force of death, the sentence of death, the wrath of God, the sentence of death is the wrath of God upon sin. The soul that sins shall die, the wages of sin is death. It says in the book of Romans chapter three, And he felt that pain of death coming. He said, what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour, but for this purpose I've come. Father, glorify your name. And I plead with you today, if you ever feel that pain of death, death of your marriage, death of your finances, death of your business, death of your life in whichever way, fear not. Fear not. Only believe and begin to say, Father, glorify your name, Father. Glorify your name. Here in John, the Gospel of John in chapter 5, Jesus was being attacked. It's unimaginable, folks. The, 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 The pessimistic spirit of unbelief is cruel and mean that if you come with an answer for a difficult situation, instead of people getting encouraged, it irritates them, threatens them. It makes them feel bad instead of happy. Jesus had come to the pool of Bethesda where he knew there was a man who'd been there for 38 years, folks. Lame. And Jesus came there specifically for that precious man who'd been there for so long to raise him up. And when he had raised him up that he could walk again, people got infuriated with Jesus that he had done this because he did it on the Sabbath. Oh my goodness, it wasn't the Sabbath that made them so ugly ugly angry it was that something good was happening when people were addicted to despair addicted to depression addicted to hopelessness addicted to the negative it was their lifestyle it was their culture it was their business it was their world and Jesus came as a light in the darkness he came as a hope for the hopeless he came as answers where there is absolutely no answer and it says here the Jews persecuted Jesus and even sought to kill him, it says here in John 5, or 16. And Jesus said, my father has been working until now, so I'm working. And the Jews sought all the more to kill him because he didn't just break the Sabbath. No, he said God was his father making himself equal with God. The contradiction, folks between the world in darkness and the kingdom of heaven is bigger than we realize. It is much bigger than we realize. And Jesus, the mindset he has, why are you so unhappy that that man is well? It's the father who was working. I felt the father's love going out to him. So I went out to him and I shared the father's love with him. And now he's well. Isn't that wonderful? Oh, they got even more upset, more upset that he was so positive about something. And Jesus has a mindset that belongs in the heart of you and me who love him, that to God be the glory. You see, the Father was glorified by healing that precious man. The Father wants to be glorified today in the world. And Jesus said to them, Most assuredly, verse 19, I say to you, the Son of Man can do nothing of himself but what he sees the Father do. For whatever he does, the Son does in like manner. For the Father loves the Son and shows him all things that he himself does. And he will show him greater things than these that you may marvel. But Jesus just couldn't break through their unbelief. And he says to them, how? Listen here. In verse 44, how can you believe who receive honor from one another and do not seek the honor that comes from God, from the only true God? He said the reason you cannot believe that God is doing this is because you seek each other's respect and honor, not that which comes from God. Friends, if your heart It's really hurting and pain because people don't respect you, don't receive you, don't honor you, don't acknowledge you, don't recognize you. You've gone down the wrong path. And I understand it can be terribly painful, but God doesn't want you to live for the praise of man. He wants you to live in His glorious praise. He wants you to be happy when nobody honors you, nobody praises you. And my Father loves me, my Father is with me, my Father is for me. My father never leaves me. That's the spirit Jesus brought from heaven and he gives to you and me to free you from the pains of being not recognized or appreciated by others. And you no longer live for it. You don't hold it against them. You're no longer pushing for it. No, you live in the father's pleasure in the Father's compassion, in the Father's favor, in the Father's goodness through your union with Jesus. And you begin to, sh- and before long, the very people who disdained you, the people who didn't recognize you, the people who made fun of you because of your weaknesses or failings or whatever you look like or whatever, they begin to say, wow, what's happened to you? Look at you, you're blessed. God says, In Proverbs 6.16, I think it is, that when a man's ways please him, he will cause even his enemies to be at peace with him. When you're living in the favor of your loving Heavenly Father and you're living for him to receive all the glory and the praise in your life, you will see. He will turn things around that you cannot turn no matter how hard you work to win their favor. They always have some criticism about you. They always have some fun about you. They always have no time for you. You're not their friend or whatever. He will turn it where they will seek time with you. Will they seek to learn from you? How can I have this, what you've got? And you can share freely the same grace and love. Now in closing, Jesus says here in John chapter eight, verse 50 and verse 54. I am not in search of honor for myself. I do not seek it. I'm not aiming for my own glory. There's one who looks after that. He seeks my glory. He is the judge. If I were to glorify myself, magnify praise and honor myself, I would have no real glory at all. For my glory would be nothing and worthless. My honor must Come to me from my Father. You see, it is my Father who glorifies me, extols me, magnifies and praises me of whom you say that He is your God. Oh, I love these thoughts. When you live in the love and the favor of your heavenly Father, you have more than you need to face any challenge, opposition, or any forces that come against that tries to make you feel like you're worthless and that you have no significance and value. You're able to withstand them and say, Father, I know you love me. Father, I know you're with me. You can go through the most painful disappointment that you can't explain to anybody. You can lose all your business and finance like Job did and still say, this I know, my Redeemer lives. And when he has completed searching my heart, he himself will declare me pure as gold. You can have that same heart you see in Job that came through those troubles to the praise and the glory of God, that God now uses Job as an example to help you believe in him and that he shows you what I did for Job, I will do for you if you just trust me and lean upon me. Read James chapter 5, verse 11. We considered and blessed to endure seeing the long sufferance of the Lord to the end intended by the Lord in Job's life. Read it, then you'll see how God uses Job as an example to help you and me believe, and God wants to use you as an example to give glory and praise to his name. Amen. Have a good day.